Welcome to the M&A Cornercast, a podcast focused on the world of mergers and acquisitions. Helping inform the business owners and advisors we work with every day. I'm your host, Chuck Dallas. I have more than 10 years of experience with mergers and acquisitions, both from a corporate perspective and as an outside advisor. Today I'm with Rodney Ott, who's a senior sell-side advisor for Cornerstone Business Services. How are you today, Rodney? I'm doing good, Chuck. How are you? I'm doing fine. Say, uh, I, I know that you've uh, been with Cornerstone for a number of years, so how about introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Um, yeah, as you said, Chuck, I've been with uh, Cornerstone doing valuation and, and M&A advisory work for about 12 years, um, and I've done transactions in manufacturing, engineering, and uh, scientific consulting, transportation, and, and some other industries. Excellent, excellent. You also had a financial background as well, right? You, you worked uh, in accounting and finance at one time, so that's very helpful in what you do here, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. Um, I spent about 12 years um, working for a division of Nina Foundry Company and then later about seven or eight years at, at Plexus Corp. Okay, good, good. Well, uh, Rodney, one of the things that we want to talk about today is, is you truly did the impossible. During a pandemic, you were working on a project with a client and was able to close uh, despite all the circumstances. Can you give us a little bit of background on, on what you went through over the last few months? Um, well, you know, obviously something like that um, presents, you know, a, a number of unique challenges. Um, some of the things that came up for our client um, is that he was he was working with a, um, a national customer base and um, many of his clients that he had um, significant business opportunities with decided to go with other service providers because they could service them without you know without any air travel you know at the time he was working with potential restaffing issues um, trying to uh, understand and get in place some of the um, federal programs um, the the, uh, paycheck um, continuation federal program and things like that so yeah in in addition to trying to remain focused on getting the transaction across the the finish line he had a little bit of um scrambling around to do like like i would say you know the vast majority of business owners had to deal with over the past couple months right right was this a a client or an industry that could stay open rodney or was it that, that they had some people working at home and and some people at the actual facility itself well, we were we were fortunate in that way. Um, the the client had had a uh, scientific consulting business, and he can he uh, service clients all over the country, and um, you know so many of his his help was already working in home okay. offices, so he was able to stay open. And, and because he was in a health related industry, even though there was um, a little bit of reacting and some temporary downturn expected. We really feel as though the the virus is probably going to ultimately, perhaps even benefit his business in the intermediate or long term. Nice, nice. Well, you know, you mentioned the PPP programs that were out there. I, I can only imagine it, as you had to work with with his CPA and also from the buyer's perspective, those firms have been extremely busy with all that PPP activity. So I, I'm sure that threw you a little bit of a wrench on both sides, the buyer and the seller, as you went through that time period. 
here at Cornerstone, we, we focus a lot on, on, you know, things that can come up, problems that, that you might expect and, and other problems that are unforeseen like the coronavirus. You know, we understand that those kinds of things can happen. And so we're usually working carefully but quickly through, through a transaction. Um, obviously, with the PPP program, um, what we were seeing and hearing um, with, our, with our lending contacts is that as many, many of them were extremely busy processing PPP loans. And obviously, we had some concern that um, the transaction we were working on might, might somehow end up on the bottom of somebody's pile and, and sort of they might become distracted from it. We were working with a, fin- with a financing consultant um, that was great to work great to be working with. He was also, you know, very actively watching the PPP uh, program and the changes in that legislation and updating his client base as those changes were occurring. So not only were we able to, um, you know, work with a lender that he had set us up with and, and had some, and, you know, obviously had some relation, some relationship there with that I believe helped the bank, um, you know, that probably kept the bank a little bit more focused on, on something they may not otherwise have been. But we also were able to more easily understand issues like, you know, how does the buyer take advantage of the PPP program? How does the seller transfer the benefit of the PPP loan onto the buyer so that so that that the seller could could assist the the uh, the buyer and you know larger uh, or a better chance that the business would be successful under the new ownership. You know, we we sometimes take for granted those professional relationships. You. You mentioned the bank and the banker uh, and some of what they had to do with, with their lobbies being closed and, and again, their extreme work that they did on the PPP. Uh, to, to have somebody help you through this process where, you know, you, you didn't have to deal with these shutdowns, they still kept things moving, that's, that's pretty rare, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a significant benefit in, in making sure that you're surrounding yourself with a good transaction team, um, you know, that that either understands the issues and, and can give good guidance, or they have ready access to other professionals that can bring in good, timely, sound advice for even an ever-changing landscape like we've had over the last last several months. Well, it it must have worked out very well for you. So to to have that uh, that buyer stay consistent through this pandemic time period, to like you said, uh, it was an industry that that was showing some growth potential through uh, a situation like this. To to actually get that to the finish line, uh, uh, that had to be quite a feat, Rodney. Um, yeah, thanks, Chuck. I mean, uh, again, I had a few things going my way. But really, you know, I, I do want to state that that even though I was concerned about, about bank distractions and things like that, the bank that we were working with was great. We had really good attorneys, um, knowledgeable M&A attorneys on both sides of the transaction. We had parties that were working collaboratively together to find solutions. So, so there were a lot of things that, that, um, that were going our way on this transaction. But it does highlight, you know, several things that, that business owners should have in mind as they as they run their businesses, even if they aren't planning on selling for a while. And that really is, you know, who are your advisors and, and do you have quality advisors? But but even maybe as much um, or more so as thinking about risks as you're running your business, what kind of risk do you have in your customer base? What kind of, what other revenue streams 
you know, might you take advantage of if something happens to your current revenue stream, what happens to your business if your top customer goes away, and things like that. I'm working on a new transaction right now where the seller was able to recover all their lost sales um, within 5% by simply um, finding a, a coronavirus-related um, product that they could sell. So within two and a half months, they were able to, to demonstrate to not only buyers, but also lending institutions that, hey, we're able to be nimble, we're able to find other revenue streams, and look, you know, yeah, well, this hit us. Um, our sales were down 50% in the month that it hit us, but look, we're, we're up now within 95% of our, of our monthly sales again. Right. Um, so as business owners, it's good to be thinking about all these what-if scenarios and, and what you might do to, to recover quickly. Well, and... and- I think that's a little bit of it, Rodney, is is that uh, we can concentrate on the doom and gloom of what happened during the shutdown, but, but it's kind of that, that inner soul searching to say to ourselves, like you said, what else can we do? Are there some other things that we should be looking at as an industry that that can help us move from very little revenue to revenue and some profitability and cash flow, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. And, and also not only on the revenue side, but also on the expense side, you know, be thinking about your risk there. Are, are our employees cross-trained enough that if I lost a, uh, you know, an important or a key employee, you know, what does that, what does that do for my business? Business value really, in, in my opinion, is all about cash flow and risk. And, you know, part of working with m and transaction advisors even well ahead of the sale is it does is it does does teach business owners to think a little bit differently about business value rather than just you know meeting the payrolls getting the product out the door and things like that yeah with your background and what you've done over the years uh, rodney uh, you've worked in a lot of different type of industries uh throughout your career haven't you yeah, I mean, uh, well, I grew up working in construction, and then and then um, working for a division of Nina Foundry Company. Um, we were we were an uh, an equipment, um, a custom to order engineer equipment manufacturer. Then obviously over to Plexus, um, where they uh, basically a printed circuit board and and, and related product manufacturer. Um, then on to um, the M and A industry. Okay. Are there things through your years of service that you would pass on to business owners as to here's some things you should be looking at to, to make your business a little bit more attractive to to buyers along the way. Yeah, yeah um, as I said, I think I think business value is mainly about cash flow and risk. You're, you know you're looking to maximize maximize cash flow and minimize risk. You know, and, um, and and also, you know, d- don't underestimate the the value of of good accounting and financial guidance. Um, you know, within your business, um, accurate bookkeeping is is essential. You know, really surrounding yourself with good business advisors who can, um, you know, basically um, may help you understand what it is that you may not even know is important. Right. I I think so many times you have your business owners that are concentrating on their operations and what needs to happen, uh, sometimes you may not be spending as much time on your financial statements. What does your income statement, your balance sheet look like? And, and so, yes, your CPA firm, your, your banker, uh, using them to, to help you out to, to make sure that you're heading in the right direction is very important, isn't it? 
Yeah, and you raise a good point, Chuck. I mean, with the with the bankers, I mean, you know, the the things that we advocate for for business owners, increasing cash flow, lowering risk. Those those are also things that will help you significantly in your banking relationships. Right. Right. Face it, that that banker that's out there is is a key person. They they expect some financial performance out of you to continue, depending on your debt load that's there. But they also can can help steer you a little bit as to looking, as you talked about before, maybe on the expense side, is there some things that that we could do to to make you more efficient and more profitable? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, many bankers are able to provide industry reports, for example, um, to their clients. And that's an area that, that many business owners may or may not take advantage of. You know, how are other people doing in my industry? How much debt do my competitors, I mean, not specifically, but but people in my industry, how much debt are they running with? You know, what do, what do my receivables look like um, in comparison to the industry? Am I doing a good job, you know, managing my working capital assets? That's another area that we haven't touched on is, is you know, what does, that, what does that mean to manage my working capital assets? And, you know, how much more valuable is my business going to be if I'm doing a good job at that? And, and how much less um, capital am I going to need to come up with if I'm doing a good job managing the working capital assets on the balance sheet? You know, those are all concepts that aren't terribly difficult to understand if, you're, if, if you have the awareness that those are questions you should be asking of your advisors. Right, right. So we've come out of the pandemic. People are trying to get back to normal. What do you see going forward as far as buyers being out there for for some of these businesses, Rodney? Do you do you think is there cash available out there right now? Yeah, Chuck, I, I do believe that um, that there that there is cash out there and people are doing transactions. And and uh, initially, when the coronavirus um, hit our shores, there was a lot of question about how that might impact the M and A marketplace. But surprisingly. You know, I don't know what, what's coming, what will be coming in the in the coming months, um, but surprisingly, we're I'm not really seeing as much negative impact in the M&A environment as I, as I expected that I would. There are still, you know, plenty of buyers out there. Um, I've talked with potential buyers for transactions. I'm, I'm I'll be releasing to market in the coming weeks. They're still interested in seeing those opportunities and and having a and having a, an opportunity to, to to buy these companies. My own um, conviction or what I think is probably going to happen is I think valuations will hold pretty well. I do think sellers will have to be more open to, to uh, you know, more accommodating structures, perhaps more seller financing or maybe longer right. terms, things like that, or, or perhaps um, some earn out that, that they're paid as the buyers see that the, that the reduction in the financial performance is, in fact, temporary due to the virus and, and would, will, in fact, come back. But I'm surprised, really, how good the the M and A environment has has remained through this whole um, through this whole thing. Not that there haven't been changes. There's there's more and different questions getting asked by the banks, um, and there's more and different questions being asked by the buyers. But it does seem as though transactions continue to move forward, um, and uh, you know, um, and and pricing seems to remain strong. Well, in I think we're going to see both sides of the spectrum in that some that were really hurt by the pandemic, you know, maybe brought their revenue. Let's, you know, let's just say that the restaurants, the bars that were not 
open during that time period, there's there's some that it's going to totally impact their value, and, and it may even be hard to explain to a buyer. But just as you had mentioned in your, your examples here, those that have been able to rebound and, and say, listen, I, I'm picking things back up again. We're starting to to have some profitability that's that's showing up again. We we have the PPP behind us. That's that's been helpful. You know, we'll, we'll have some businesses, as you say, that will hold their value, won't they? Um, yeah, and, and as you and as you mentioned, I think that there will be some that will be met with some challenges, and, and probably will have to have to work at things a few years to to find themselves back in a position where they're once again ready to sell. It is likely that that those businesses will will be learning, you know, some things about risk um, through this whole experience, and they'll probably emerge in a year or two or three in really in in better better positions to weather these kinds of things. Right. Well, and and this should really be kind of a soul searcher for many business owners, especially some business owners that are maybe at the twilight of of their career and what they're doing. To, to really do some exit planning here as to, you know, as you stated earlier, who do I use as some of those trusted advisors to to help me make a decision as to what do I do with my business? Uh, now's a great time to be going through that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's it's very important to, to, to look at that. Well, Rodney, you did the impossible. <laughs> you, you closed a deal and, and got it to the finish line during a pandemic that truly had an impact on many people. Congratulations. Thank you for coming in and talking to me. Yeah, thank you very, thank you very much, Chuck. Um, but, I, but again, I mean, I, I was surrounded by the right people. And, and uh, usually if, if you're surrounded by the right people and they'll look for solutions and everybody's working collaboratively, some things happen that, that do tend to be a, a little against the odds. Yeah. Great. Well, we wish you the best uh, for the remainder of 2020. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you for tuning in to the M&A Cornercast. Hopefully we gave you some insight into the world of mergers and acquisitions. We'll see you back again next Thursday with a brand new episode. 